Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world. Hello and welcome to Project Zion podcast. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and today we are here to learn more about the nonviolence conversations taking place across all the nations of Community of Christ. These conversations are in response to Community of Christ World Conference Resolution 1319 on nonviolence, passed April 12, 2019. And they are part of our preparation for the next World Conference set for April 2023. Our guests today are Janae Grover, member of the Council of Twelve Apostles assigned to support the Central USA Mission Field. Janae is also the Director of Formation Ministries for Community of Christ. And Joey, who serves as Community of Christ's Temple Hospitality and Formation Ministries Specialist, Joey holds the Office of Seventeen. But before we dive into this fascinating topic, let's meet our guests. Friends, welcome. We are so delighted to have you here today on Project Zion podcast. I'd like to take a few minutes and have you tell us a little bit about you and your current ministry and community of Christ. Janae, let's start with you. Thanks, Robin. It's wonderful to be part of this conversation with you. I have a background in education. My first career was as a music educator and I was a band and orchestra director. Um, But I bring to the role of formation ministries a passion for teaching and learning, for the way that we are shaped by music and hymnody, for all of the experiences that form us as disciples and as community. Uh, My family lives in the Kansas City area. We live in Lee Summit. My husband, Kevin, is um, a school administrator at the high school where our daughter attends, and we have two sons at Graceland University. Thanks, Janae. Joey. Well, it's great to be here, Robin. Thanks for inviting me to be on this podcast. And I'm actually also back in the Kansas City area. For the last eight years, I've been working for the church as a mission center president in Europe. And so I had two different mission centers that I was working with. And then as of January 1st of this year, I've started a new role with Community of Christ. As you said, working in hospitality and guest services, but I'm also in the formation ministries team, which means that I will be going around and helping train different field teams to develop resources, helping with some of their holistic spiritual formation and providing formation resources and experiences that support not only the mission of the church where we are currently, but also as we move into the future. And one of my projects in that is to work with the multi-nations team as they put together their discussions on the topic of nonviolence. Thanks so much for helping us catch up with some of the changes in your assignment, Joey. Today, we are talking about the upcoming nonviolence conversations. As I said in the intro, those are happening across the globe to address World Conference Resolution 1319 
in preparation for World Conference 2023. I think the first thing we need to talk about is World Conference Resolution 1319. Um, what was that about? How did it come to World Conference 2019? And what does it mean in the life of the church as we address it in preparation for our next World Conference? Joey, you were a big part of that. Walk us through what we need to know to lay some foundation for our conversation today. Yeah, well, I never would have expected when I went to Europe that something I would be a part of was creating a resolution that would be brought to World Conference and discussed on the World Conference floor. I remembered as a little kid being at world conferences and people standing up and presenting resolutions. And I never thought I'd be part of that whole process. But when I moved to Europe, I put together a peace and justice team. And one of the goals of that team very quickly identified was defining our role in pursuing peace in Europe and what that might mean for the church in Europe. And part of that discussion was, how are we going to do that? And so the question of nonviolence came up really quick in terms of what does it mean to pursue peace in Europe in our context, but in what way will we do that? And so we asked the church around Europe, what role does nonviolence play in our pursuit of peace? And that turned into a resolution that actually in its original form was received by the First Presidency, but in conversations that they began to have, and this is another interesting part of the process of Community of Christ, that the First Presidency contacted us and our team and the people who had put together the resolution that we proposed and said, would you mind if we work on this together? And we ended up creating a substitute resolution together that the First Presidency then actually had us present at World Conference, and that became what we now know today as World Conference Resolution 1319 on nonviolence. Thanks for that background, Joy. Now, a few other things have happened to support our journey from World Conference 2019 to World Conference 23 around this topic of nonviolence. Janae, can you give us an overview of what has been available right up until the plan for these worldwide nonviolence conversations began to take shape? Yeah, so this conversation around World Conference Resolution 1319 is framed within the guiding question that President Vesey presented in his closing sermon at World Conference 2019 which is a question, are we moving toward Jesus, the peaceful one? And so considering the, um, the World Conference Resolution in the context of really understanding who Jesus, the peaceful one is, was, and how that informs our discipleship and our journey as a people today, that was a really important framework to consider as we began to shape resources and experiences to frame the conversation on nonviolence. And so we were looking at um, particularly resources that are often used in settings of reunions where those are held or field gatherings um, of various kinds in, in across the fields of the church. As we were looking at those resources, we were looking at it in kind of an interconference arc of preparation. And so we began 
with kind of framing an understanding or really kind of grappling with an understanding of Jesus as the peaceful one. And so that began with resources created for experiences in 2020. And that, um, that the title kind of that, uh, the umbrella title for those resources was um, Living Jesus, Living Peace. And we drew from some resources that were already created, uh, Tony Shavala Smith's work, A Way of Life, as well as Sharing in Community of Christ and Choose Generosity. So drew from a lot of those resources in framing and understanding of Jesus as the peaceful one, which then led to um, resources created for experiences in 2021, which is Let Peace Dwell Here, where we began to look at nonviolence through different, um, through different lenses. And I guess I should back up a little bit in between 2020 and 2021, under the umbrella of Toward the Peaceful One, we had a series of articles in the Herald and then multimedia engagement opportunities. So there was an IGTV series that Matt Frizzell did. We had um, some Zoom platform connections for conversations with authors of the article that began to explore Jesus as the peaceful one a little bit more in depth and open up some conversations. And so those are all available um, for use still um, in, in a variety of settings, and it's under the Guiding Question or the Toward the Peaceful One series. So um, following the Let Peace Dwell Here, as we were thinking about experiences for 2022, and with World Conference being moved a year to 2023, also, because of the pandemic, a lot of the opportunities for engagement in field um, gatherings or reunion experiences or even just regular congregational life was significantly disrupted or just shifted in different ways. And we wanted to make sure that, that the church really had an opportunity to engage in these important conversations and preparation materials that help us really frame the journey, the conversation as we prepare for engaging in that further as part of World Conference 2023. So that is, that is kind of a, a broad brush stroke, but we were looking at that as, a, as an interconference, as an arc of preparation that included multiple ways of engaging in the conversation. Joey, do you have anything to add what Janae has shared with us and also through your perspective as Mission Center President of a mission center not in the USA during that time. Tell us, tell us what's happened in your part of the world. Yeah, well, like Janae said, those resources that have been developed, I think lay a wonderful foundation. The series on Jesus, we can just kind of go over the life and the biblical stories that would point us in some direction. How would Jesus have approached this? has been really helpful. And then of course, all of the re reunion materials that she mentioned are a great way for people to already begin to explore the topic and understand, kind of have a basic idea of where we are together in this movement, this faith movement of our approaches to violence. But when I say that, that takes me back even to ILM, the International Leaders Meeting 
that we had the week before the 2019 World Conference because we gather kind of a small selection of our international delegates representing people from all over the world to come together a week before we even meet for conference to make major decisions about the future of the church. And during that week, we figure out how to share our voice, how to have a part in the democratic system of speaking on the conference floor. But we also take time to learn together and to talk together and to hear testimonies together. And part of the most powerful part of that for me is we started a conversation around what is violence. And as people stood up, my heart just began to come open and it was it was scary. (laughs) It was liberating, it seemed, for some people to share what violence looked like to them. And it was also just something that I never expected to hear the different contexts and types of violence that people were living all around the world. That came out of a discussion on four different approaches to violence that two people in that European peace team were asked to present. Andrew Bolton, which is a name we know a little bit in Community of Christ. He was a former apostle in Community of Christ. And L. Ray Henriksen, who did peace and justice studies as his master's work. And they presented four different approaches to nonviolence, which is another resource that I'd actually say that people have out there. If you go to www.heraldhouse.org and you search nonviolence, you put in the search bar nonviolence, it's going to bring up a page. And if you go all the way to the bottom, you scroll down, you will find this this, uh, resource that's available for approaches to violence. And that's just a wonderful start and basic foundational document for anybody to understand what are we talking about when we even talk about nonviolence or begin a discussion on nonviolence? Where does that start? And so these four approaches to violence help us understand where we might even start this discussion. That is great information to have. Thanks, Joey. We've worked our way from World Conference 2019 to the preparation for the upcoming nonviolence conversations. I know both of you have a front row seat on that part of the plan. So now we want to hear all about how the plan evolved, all the pieces that are taking shape, and how this is going to roll out over the next several months. So yes, that process has evolved. Um, Part of it, the nature of the timing, as well as the nature of conversations that we began to have in terms of what is most meaningful or most needed in fields to be prepared to have this conversation at World Conference in 2023. And so our initial response was to the first presidency's invitation for the Council of Twelve to engage the fields of the church in conversations about nonviolence. And initially, that was intended to help shape perhaps what needed to be in a statement or to get feedback from the fields. But as we formed a sub-team of the Council of Twelve to look at how we might approach this across the fields of the church, it became apparent right away that there was really an importance to educate and prepare people for the conversation 
much like what we had just talked about with the creation of the different resources to be able to engage meaningfully with those resources a little bit more in depth, as well as to hear perspectives from across different contexts. And so that shifted from kind of informing a statement to more um, of an education and preparing us for the conversation, but also an intent to incorporate perspectives from different contexts and so that we can hear different voices and different contextual understandings or experiences of violence as part of shaping our conversations. So our approach with these field, um, field conversations in the initial phase is to help educate and as well as hearing voices um, across fields. So in the United States, we are having USA-wide field conversations. So rather than the six different fields in the US, we are having um, a cross-field opportunity to engage in conversation that will include education as part of our preparation for each of the sessions, and then an opportunity to engage with one another in different ways through an online platform in these conversations. And I'm going to let Joey say a little bit more about also kind of our endeavor to um, increase voices or to hear different perspectives. But one of the things that came out as we began um, advertising um, or save the dates or advertising these conversations in the U.S. is, are these just for the U.S.? Or what if people join? Are they welcome to join? And of course, that only <laughs> enhances our experience. Um, we just wanted to be clear about kind of an intent of gauging, engaging different um, different contexts in the preparation and in the conversation. But we really hope that this opens up to even greater and broader um, cross-field conversations as part of the journey. So I'll let Joey say a little bit more about kind of what's happening with the multi-nation fields and some of the other preparation work that we're doing in that regard. Yeah, Janae has kind of indicated this, but it became clear that our discussions probably needed to start a little bit more locally. And so that's why it is now up to each field how they handle that discussion on nonviolence. The resource materials that we're using are the same. We're actually using a blend of the 2021 reunion material, Let Peace Dwell Here, and those articles that are found in that material, at least the adult material that's available, to take those articles and also then add on a couple other things that might be helpful, not only some spiritual practices, but also other resources from other places and links to watch videos on, et cetera, et cetera, to then help enhance that discussion wherever we have it. So I've been meeting with the multi-nations apostles, trying to identify and help them support them in the preparation of conversations that they will have, because within their fields, they might have to have six or eight or nine different conversations in different languages just to make these first conversations ones where we really help identify what is the topic, what are the questions that are being asked. We'll present the different three definitions that I think that Janae's already brought up, the definitions on violence and nonviolence that we'll be using throughout our discussions. 
and those will be presented and there will, there will also be time for feedback to the first presidency of what are these definitions? Are they sufficient? Are there any changes or suggestions you would have even for the terms and words that we use to define what it is when we're talking about nonviolence, violence, and also nonviolent action or our response to the violence that we see in the world. So right now what I'm doing is just working to support the different conversations that we'll be having. And people are doing that in different ways. The team in Latin America is coming together with their leaders to figure out how they'll even put those discussions together and who they might invite into those discussions. And of course, in the Pacific, we have to figure out the different countries and their languages and the ways because they don't all speak Spanish like they, they might in some of the Latin American countries. So there are some challenges to it, but it's also kind of exciting as people begin to come together to talk about the different contexts in which they live. And that came up in the discussions as well. I came into a multi-nations apostles team meeting and hoped that we could kind of find a way forward together in that meeting. But even out of that, there were a lot of questions about, well, these are delicate, sensitive topics. And so I have just recently met individually with all of those apostles from the multi-nations team to talk about what are some of those things that we need to be careful of and how do we make considerations and make sure that voices are not only heard, but also people are protected when they share about their different contexts of violence around the world. Joey, can you share with our listeners um, the different apostles in the multi-nations team and where what part of the world they support? Yeah. So I had a conversation with Art Smith, who does, well, it's going to be hard if I, I'm, I'm not going to get all the nations, just so you know, but I know that Art Smith, he supports Canada, but he also supports Latin America in terms of the Dominican Republic, uh, Mexico, where else is he? Mexico, Haiti. Texas, and the Caribbean. Yeah, in the Caribbean area. And also so Haiti. really challenged me on, on being able to say all the nations where people come from. Mareva Arnaud, she oversees the ministry that happens in the Pacific all the way down to Australia, up to Hawaii, uh, and out over to Korea, and a lot of other places. She's from French Polynesia. We have Carlos Mejia who is in Latin and South America, Central America and South America. I spoke with this morning, just this morning, Catherine Mambwe and Bunda Chibwe, who have two different fields in different countries in Africa. We spoke together because a lot of their questions about violence and nonviolence have some overlap in, in many of those different countries. And so, that was an interesting conversation. And then also with Apostle Richard James, who serves in the Europe field, which is three different mission centers, including the British Isles, Western Europe, and then the Eurasia field. Thanks for that, Joy. I think it really helps our listeners understand the cultural diversity and complexity that comes to this important topic today. Yeah, I was just going to um, 
mention, Joey just expressed some significant um, challenges and part of the beauty of the diversity in terms of languages and different contexts. But going back to what he mentioned about um, kind of that importance of starting locally um, was not just how each field was going to address the issue or the conversations, but also a recognition that there is really broad diversity of perspectives within a local context. And so that was an important place for us to start was embracing kind of the diversity within a particular context as we then also broaden that scope of awareness of circumstances and, um, and issues related to violence and nonviolence in other contexts. Thanks, Janae. Really appreciate all the different uh, ins and outs of this conversation and the people and how we're really intentionally trying to broaden the voices that can come into the conversation, but also being really sensitive to the nature of the conversation and how important it is to start at that local level. You have mentioned some challenges. Are there other challenges that you might anticipate, Joey? Yeah, well, just this morning when I was talking with Catherine and Bunda, Catherine began to tell a story about violence of not being able to use her voice as a woman. And in that story, I'm listening to the story and I'm hearing what she's trying to express about her experience of she was actually told to shut up in a meeting literally told you you don't have a place here you're a woman let a man speak about this and so here i am frustrated with her own sense of injustice in this story but this story is couched inside a story of people coming because they want to buy land that has minerals in that land where we have congregations and they were being offered a cash amount to just move just down the road so that these rich people with money could come in and then exploit that land and take that all the minerals that were lying right underneath our congregation. And I'm sitting here listening to these multi layers of injustice or issues of the way that violence becomes a part of that as people, if people don't give those places up, sometimes things really happen. I mean, she talked about in another place, rebels coming in and just kind of beginning to, to do violence to towns and just all of these multi layers of the ways that people are enmeshed in violence. And so I can see that as one of the challenges. I think another challenge that we have coming up is how we share that international voice or that global voice. How do we hear the different contexts from around the world. And I've been asked to put together some videos or podcasts or some way of hope, helping the church hear some of these different contexts of violence. And I know Janae and I have gone back and forth on what's appropriate to, how do we appropriately do that and share that with the church. The, the different apostles have certainly expressed how much they want to make sure we protect voices that we would never put someone's face on a video or let them speak in a way that someone might find that and then they be thrown into jail or or something worse might happen to them or their families because they've shared this perspective. 
if people want to speak out of, against their governments, how do they how do they do that in a ways that may not put someone at risk? And so these are some of the challenges that we're facing right now as we try to think how do we share appropriately, but also make sure that the context that people from one location might not even be thinking about that are contexts of violence for them to make sure that those voices are heard and those stories are told and shared in ways that we can all have a broader understanding of what are the different contexts of violence as we consider, will we respond to those contexts of violence? And then we go deeper to say, how will we, will we respond to these contexts of violence? And as we ask that question, is it possible to use nonviolence? And to what point might it be possible to use nonviolence? I know Stacey Cram has just done a PZP interview where she has talked about these different definitions of violence and nonviolence, and it would be helpful to go listen to that to get a broader understanding too of what the church is wrestling with when, or even the words that we use to define all of these things as we begin this conversation. Janae. Yeah, so just to build on what Joey uh, shared, it has been powerful for my own personal formation to, to wrestle with this issue um, because I realized that I come to the conversation from a place of privilege. And so on one hand, I'm saying, as I hear my colleagues share circumstances um, of violence and understanding how we engage this conversation from such diverse contexts. And I want to say, we need to hear those voices. And then just as Joey shared, we can't just amplify. <laughs> Not everybody has a safe voice, a, a safe space to share their voice. And that is another layer in all of this in these conversations. So that's really been powerful for my own formation, my own um, kind of understanding of how we grapple with this. Um, so Joey also mentioned um, the challenge of multiple languages. So context, languages, being able to just engage in the conversation and have that accessible in a variety of languages. But also there's an inequity of resources um, in terms of how people are able or not able to even engage, whether it's online or in person. In person may involve travel. Um, online involves access to internet and, and access to a device. And so that, that, we, that means that we have those challenges in terms of just access to the conversation. Um, so those are, those are, are challenges that, that we're trying to work through, but are significant uh, challenges to the process because we want everybody to, as we just said, as we wanted to begin with a foundation of education, we want everybody to come with that same footing or as they come to the conversation from their own context. But there are a number of challenges with that. And that's an important awareness for the church to have, that the reality is we don't have all voices at the table as part of this conversation as much as we are trying. Um, that is a reality that is important to recognize. 
As I'm listening to you all share about the plans and the process and the, the things that we've already participated in since World Conference 2019, and then kind of flesh out for us all these different layers of considerations and complexities and challenges. And I remember the faces at International Leaders Meeting before World Conference 2019 as they shared their personal stories. And then on the conference floor, as we dialogued and debated with this World Conference resolution, and there was a sense then and a growing sense of hope that comes out in the midst of that as we journey toward Jesus, the peaceful one. So my question for you, Janae and Joey, is what are your hopes for the church as we participate in the nonviolence conversations? Janae. So Robin, you just touched on something that really kind of starts or gets to the heart. And Joey also expressed um, that opening of his heart as he saw those faces or heard those stories of personal experiences. And I guess for me, my hope is that our hearts remain soft and open, that our minds remain open as we journey and wrestle with this very complex issue that does not have an easy answer, but just as Joey expressed and kind of what birthed this uh, resolution is what does it really mean? If, what are we gonna do about in our discipleship if we are going to truly follow Jesus, the peaceful one, if we are going to be a movement dedicated to the pursuit of peace, then that has ramifications in our personal actions, in our collective actions as communities, in how we advocate for those who are oppressed, who have no voice in terms of the conditions of mass violence in various forms. So as I said, my, I've experienced kind of my own sense of formation as I've wrestled with this myself, but I think that that is really important that we come with hearts open to where the spirit is leading through the wrestling in this very complex um, issue, because it is really, really important. It is really important for us to wrestle with what it means and how that becomes applied in our discipleship. Just recently, our Formation Ministries team had an opportunity to engage in um, a conversation with Claudio Carvalhas, who is an author and a professor and a theologian with Union Seminary in New York. And he's written some works. One of them is Liturgies from Below, and another one is Praying with Every Heart. And our conversation centered around this idea of having the voices of others become our own, how we name injustices and how we allow those voices and those conditions to become our own as we pray and as we act and as we advocate. And that really struck me as an important part of this process is that as we hear the diverse voices, the diverse context and experiences that we allow those voices to be part of what shapes us to, to name injustice in our prayers, in our practice of the daily prayer for peace and praying for peace, that we name injustice of violence, and then that we allow ourselves to be shaped and formed as we take meaningful steps in responding. 
So all of that is to say that I hope that we can come to this not being limited by our particular perspective or context or experience, but that we can be open to the transforming power of what this means as we are shaped as a people together in this journey. Joey, what are your hopes? One of the things I love about being part of Community of Christ is our hope of Zion. And that can probably be said in many different words of what Zion actually looks like. The peaceable kingdom is one way to describe that. A world of reconciliation, restoration comes into that concept of Zion. For me, beloved community might be the most recent words that really touch and pull at our hearts when we talk about what this Zionic community might look like. Beloved community. And what would it mean if this discussion on nonviolence, you know, I, I want to say I'm not biased, and I'm going to try to stay unbiased as I support different fields in their discussions, but I want people to become committed and engaged fully in what it means to be a part of building that beloved community that they want to be a part of and that God has as a vision, I think, for creation. And so I'm going to tell a little story because this connects with what Janae was saying about Claudio and when we spoke about what it means to pray with people and struggle through their own situations in our prayer of a time that I went on a mission trip and mission trips often give us an experience that we wouldn't normally have at home because we're taken out of our own context. We almost have wider eyes because we're looking around at things we've never seen or at least in ways we've never looked before. And I went to Honduras one time on a mission trip to build a church, Community of Christ Church in a small town called Orica. And as I was in this town, where our church was meeting at the time was actually on the corner of the downtown center of that town in a garage. And because our group was there, it was probably the reason why we were overflowing out into the streets. And out on the streets, our group had prepared these little butterflies for people to fill in. And it was the, the kids that were back there and they were coloring in these little butterflies on paper that they'd later put with a clothespin to make a, a beautiful little butterfly that they could hook onto anything they wanted to. And this little girl, Annie, was sitting there coloring in her butterfly. And I'm sitting there watching her do that. We're outside and I'm looking in at what's happening in the congregation when all of a sudden there was this loud noise behind us. And what it was, was there was a man coming across the street who right across the street had just walked out of a local bar. And he was in a stupor as he was coming across, yelling all sorts of things. Who knows what he was yelling? Probably, I know I heard the word gringos <laughs> several times, but he was coming across the street. And I will tell you, there probably wasn't anything I wouldn't have done at that moment to make sure that little Annie was going to be okay. And so here I am in this moment that could have had conflict or violence even involved in it. But I think what I learned out of that situation, luckily nothing happened. Someone came and redirected that man. But as I thought about what we were there trying to do was not just to build a church, a safe space, of course, where Annie could go 
and be in worship and color without worrying about someone coming from across the street to harm her. Of course, it was partly that, but it was more about turning around wherever we're worshiping and looking outside to see what are the potential ways that our children and our world might be harmed if we don't look outward and hear these stories and the contexts of violence in which we live and begin to really find ways to address what is causing this harm in the world, what is cause, causing the needs for violence in the world and to begin to address those. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing that story, Joey, story about Annie. So is there anything else that you would like to share that I haven't asked you about, Joey? I actually don't think so. <laughs> I, I think really, if I were to say anything else about this topic, it is to begin to prepare yourself wherever you are, whether you're going to participate in these nonviolence discussions somewhere in your local congregation or in your mission center, but begin to open your eyes and your ears and mainly your ears to begin to listen. Where are you hearing the stories of people who are hurting or suffering? And just take time to listen, listen, deeply listen. Thanks. Janae. Yeah, I don't think I, I have anything that you haven't asked or that we've um, had an opportunity to share as part of this experience. But I did want to go back to Joey mentioned on heraldhouse.org some of what, what are called field or member created resources that if you just search on heraldhouse.org and search nonviolence, there are a number of resources in addition to the ones that have been created as part of intentionally engaging in this conversation that are really important. And one of them I want to, in addition to the four approaches that Joey mentioned, is a study guide on Walter Wink's book and this um, concept of Jesus and the third way or a different way. And, and that's really important in framing our conversation and framing our understanding about not, not doing something. <laughs> it's not about um, just allowing violence to continue because we're not going to engage in violence as a retaliation, but understanding and being creative in what that way of of bridging that in a nonviolent way. So nonviolent action to address injustice. And that's very complex as, as this whole issue is, but I just wanted to point out um, another work that's important that we're drawing from as well as part of our preparation for these conversations and an important framework of how we view violence, nonviolence and nonviolent action. Thanks so much. While we're on the topic of a little more information, I just want to ask one more question, and that is where can our listeners learn more about these events? So we have USA-wide and we have multi-nations. Joey, where do people find out about multi-nations if they're listening from around the world and they want to get more info about where they live? So hopefully that will be distributed in the different mission centers 
that we have around the world that will allow that information to come in the appropriate language and to the right people for the right groups that will be having those discussions. But also, I do hope that we will be sending that information out through some of the world channels of media that we have. So that may be on Facebook and will probably also come in the e-news from Community of Christ once we have more detailed information about when those discussions will be held. Great. And so pastors and mission centers, I assume, will have that information across the world and the various locations. And Janae, what about the USA? Yeah, so we have already scheduled um, the conversations in the USA field. And that information in terms of how to register has been distributed to um, mission center leaders to share in their communication channels, as well as to share with pastors and congregations. And it will also be shared through Community of Christ social media channels and announcements. So I just wanted to highlight that um, it's not just going to be those conversations in the USA, but we will we will use that multimedia and multi-social media approach for advertising all of the conversations. In the USA context, you will get, as you see the information for registration, participants can register and then they will be automatically sent the preparation materials and the Zoom links for joining. So just want to uphold that it's important to register so that you have all of the appropriate communications and links to join. Thanks, that's really super helpful information. I also want to point out a few places right here on PCP where you can learn more about nonviolence. Episode 170, 170, Nonviolence Resolution. Joey Williams is on that along with Andrew Bolton and Elray Henriksen. Episode 456 with President Stacy Cram. Joey noted this early on in our interview entitled A Journey Toward World Conference Update on Nonviolence. And then episode 286 on creating community, move toward Jesus with President Scott Murphy. That was back in 2020, earlier in our journey toward World Conference 2023 and exploring what nonviolence is and how we can move toward Jesus, the peaceful one. You can also look for all the Toward the Peaceful One interviews with the authors of the Herald Focus series on that topic. Joey and Janae, thank you so much for being with us today. And to all of you out there, thanks for spending time with us today, learning about Community of Christ's journey with nonviolence and our resolve to make a difference. And don't forget to open your ears wide, as Joey said, as we move into this topic in a very deep and conversational way as we listen to one another and learn more. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and you are listening to Project Zion Podcast. Go out and make the world a better place. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. 
The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. 